Hello everybody and welcome to the Across the Stages podcast, brought to you by Absolute Motorsport Radio and also available on Absolute Motorsport TV. I'm Jonas Casey and today I'm going to be having a chat with Reese Yates about his career so far and his ongoing WRC2 campaign. So it is my pleasure today to be joined once again by Reese Yates and now we're going to be talking through his career in general and of course it's taken a big step this year because he's made the jump onto the world stage in WRC2. Uh, but we're going to start from the very beginning because I was looking through your website and I didn't realise that you have only been rallying since 2013 where you swapped um, from uh, two wheels to four wheels. Um, a jump, I'd say, uh, in those six years so far. How's it been? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 2013. Sounds sounds a long time ago, but yeah, we did a rally, one rally in 2013, I think it was, or maybe two. I think we did the, I think we, no, end of 2013, I think we did the Cambrian rally. That was the first time we did did a rally, first time out in a rally car on on notes. And if I'm honest, I didn't even know what what pace notes were at that point in 2000. I, <laughs> I really don't know how I got around that rally. Like I think about it now, like. I don't really know how I got through it. But anyway, I don't think I was driving very fast. I think I was driving pretty slow if I weren't even listening to pace notes. But yeah, we did the camera <laughs> at the end of 2013. Um, and then we were still racing at that point on, on the bikes. And I weren't... It's not to say I didn't enjoy it, but my main focus was still on the bikes. And that's where I kind of wanted to, to keep going. So we kind of did one one round, put the Suzuki Swift back in the, in the workshop. And then we... Uh, Pulled it back out again in 2014 for the Ducreys Rally, which is local to me in Mansfield. Um, it's funny, actually, we t- on the last podcast, we kind of talked about Tom Cave and racing against Tom, and it was actually Tom who kind of got us into an R2. Um, we went, oh. after the Ducreys, we went to Sweet Lamb testing um, in the Swift, and we had Ryan Champion um, give us a bit mm. of driver tuition, me and my brother in this Suzuki Swift thing, this little group, like, little group and little standard thing. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cave were there getting ready for the D-Max, you know, the drive D-Max. I think he were going to mm. Poland in an R2. And he were there doing some testing. Yeah. And me and my dad went up on the stage just to kind of watch him come past. And we were like, wow, that is that is rallying. You know, that's a rally car. That's a proper rally car. Um, so, yeah, since, since that day, I kind of didn't shut up about an R2. And uh, we ended up getting an R2 right. We picked up on GB in 2014 from uh, mm. from GB. They kind of parked up behind the M Sport tents and uh, that was the first time we went to GB and picked the car up. We did an event the next day, a single venue at Blyton, just to mm-hmm. kind of get out in the car, just to blast around, uh, um, just for a blast around. I was itching to get in the car and I remember taking it down the lane near me and uh, we were thinking, God, this this car is, is too fast. It's too much. <laughs> we've, we've bitten off more than we can chew. And it's crazy to think, you know, four years later, we're doing world championships in an R5, but yeah, things have kind of progressed quickly and yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been really good. It is a bit of a family affair, isn't it? You've got kind of both uh, dad and brother as well, slightly involved in uh, rallying. And has that really helped the progression throughout the career in those kind of early stages where, where you need the support? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've always been into motorsport. My dad were British champion on two wheels at, uh, at road racing and we it were kind of bred into us. And my dad regrets getting us a bike, I think. I think he wanted to get us two table tennis rackets. But um, 
<laughs> or a set of golf clubs. But anyway, that didn't happen. And yeah, when we first started out, like rallying, especially like it was just me and my dad and a friend who used to help me out, like one of my best mates, um, I'm best man at his wedding. And he still comes on, he's still got a corner now, still comes to the world championships and stuff. And it was just us three just slugging away in the in the shed and going to BTRDAs, just, just kind of us three and Tom Woody and Phil Hall and, and people like that. And uh, yeah, my brother used to, my brother were never bothered about driving, but he comes to every rally and he helps out and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good and it kind of still still goes on like that a little bit. We've still got a we've got a good, few good engineers on board and um, a number one mechanic and yeah, things just progress and so yeah, it's good, it's good, it's real good. And now we're doing world championships, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. You've kind of been in the R5s for a while now since uh, 2016 when you first jumped into the. The British Rally Championship. Yeah. Uh, do, do you feel like you've kind of got completely used to um, R5 cars, four-wheel drive cars in general? Are you still learning as you go through uh, the events, in particular with the car? Yeah, I'm still learning every single time. Like when I first started, all I wanted to do was just jump in it, screw the setup. Like I just wanted to just drive it. I wanted to do some big slides and slide it around. And like I, I even, you know, I reflect from time to time and think about you know sometimes ignorance is bliss and when you don't really know sometimes it's better not to know so when we're going into 2016 like i'm not saying we did it i'm not saying we did it wrong or anything like that but we did not you know we we didn't play with setups we didn't we were all learning like it it's crazy to think we're going to british championships and trying to race against like these you know the dmac team and and ken skidmore's team and things like that and we didn't we didn't have a clue really I don't think you can, when you ain't got a bottomless pit um, and you ain't got a money tree at the bottom of the garden, I don't think you can learn. You, there's two ways of learning. You either slowly progress and you build and you try and do the right kind of thing or you throw it off as many times as you can and eventually you will find the limit. And I've tried to kind of do it the other way. You know, build out each mm. time out when I don't feel comfortable, just back it off a little bit and move to the next one and try and build and build and build and that's what we've done and you can see that progression in in my speed and stuff and yeah it's, it's a nice feeling it was a nice feeling to come back to the Pirelli um at the weekend and um kind of see that progression as well yeah but of course uh going into international stuff uh, was kind of last year in the uh, European Rally Championship a few rounds uh, of that and that was uh probably your first real taste of an international championship wasn't it and what differences did you find there from British to, to European? Last year was a big year just to kind of get as many rallies as we can, do all different rallies, go to Casentino in Italy, go to, you know, we went to, um, where else did we go? We went to Barham and, well, that didn't last that long, but we went to Barham and we went, <laughs> we tried to just mix it up. We did the British Championship and just tried to just gain as much experience as we could and go to these different places and meet these kind of rally specialists, you know, them ones who go really well on that event and really well on that event. And um, yeah, I think it's a good stepping stone. The British is a stepping stone and, well, the BTRDA is a stepping stone. You go out, learn the, learn the car the best you can. Then you go into your own pace notes. Then you go from there. And then the ERCs are like, they're kind of in between the WRC and the British Championships. You just get longer days like World Championships and you get a little bit shorter days in the ERC and then a little bit shorter again at British Championships. So, yeah, we kind of dipped our toe in the water and gained experience last year. And it was between the ERC and WRC this year. And we thought, screw it. Let's, you know, a few opportunities opened up and, 
some sponsorship um, kind of helped us out. And we said, let's let's do it. Let's go WRC, and that's where we want to be. So, so yeah, it's good. And of course, that has paid off really well because your start to the season, I think everyone was agree, uh, has been very very impressive. Three events that you've never done before, and you've been in the top five in two of them. So. Uh, probably more than what most people would have expected. And uh, what, what has that kind of changed your goals now for the rest of the season, having started uh, in a really good way? Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult because, you know, you're going to Monte Carlo, this monster of an event. And I just try to just, you know, look at it and think, this is an amazing experience. This is this is what we all want. Rally Monte Carlo is an iconic event. And I just try to soak it up. I try to enjoy it and just try to just you know, live live for the experience and not kind of just let it get on top of me. And, um, yeah, we set out a few goals for each. The plan, we set out a few objectives. The main objective for the whole year to finish rallies and to gain experience, get the stage miles. And, and that's the plan. And that's what it's hard to kind of keep. It's hard to keep your eye on that when you get caught up in it on the event and you have a good shakedown time and you have this and you have that and then you're like, mm. I'll nibble a bit, I'll nibble a bit and then you pull a corner off as quick as that. So yeah. it's difficult to put your headspace there to kind of, because I don't drive through the whole event thinking I've got to get to the end, I've got to get to the end, but at the same time I have to put my mind there to make sure I do that. So Monte Carlo when it was consistent and the stage was consistent, that's when we said, well, you know, we'll have a push. When it wasn't, I backed off. And that's where I think the inconsistent times came from. But my <clears throat> my consistency got a result and Sweden was a big learning curve. Yeah, I made a small mistake and got away with that. I kind of ate a tree and lost a bit of time. But we still got a point. We still finished the rally, got every mile in. Um, and then Corsica felt great. You know, I, I felt... I felt great in the car all weekend and felt comfortable in the car. And yeah, I felt really comfortable as in to push at that speed. And our times were there, our times were on shakedown. And, and at the same time, at the back of my mind, it was to finish the event as well. So, so yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a good, it's been a good, uh, good start to the year. And um, I think we're sixth in the championship now, like two points off seconds. So we couldn't have wished for a better start. We honestly couldn't. And that doesn't, that doesn't change. That doesn't change my mindset. Definitely not. We're going to Portugal for the first time. So it's, it's all fresh. I just work even harder. You know, I try and keep, we all know how hard motorsport is to kind of keep that consistency and keep that. Yeah. Just keep that rhythm as such to just keep going throughout the, the the year and uh yeah it's every time we go out it's more pressure i put on myself because i want to keep getting good consistent solid results and um mm. yeah it's rallying though and it's difficult obviously there was a, a change this season in terms of the wrc to uh kind of sectioning it off so there was the pro uh and the privateers uh and so far i think that that it hasn't really worked for the pro championship, has it? But um, but it has made it a, a nicer level playing field for you guys in the privateer cars, not having to go up against the kind of might of Skoda factory teams and M-Sport that uh, have got a lot more testing time and stuff. And uh, overall, I think that it, does that encourage you a bit more knowing that the, the better results are, are more uh, just more likely to be available to you? Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. There is pros and cons because it's a different championship. Um, so they get more testing time and stuff like that. But WRC2, I don't think... I think Green, Gus Greensmith beat everyone on Monte Carlo, didn't he? 
Um, it was the yeah. first R5. Yeah. But after that, it's been WRC 2B mm. pros anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, with less with less seat time. So, I think, I think it's good and it's bad. For me, it's good because it's trying to make it a bit more level playing field for the privateers. But where's... Where's the differentiation in like having a pro team to a f- customer team? I'd say I'm a customer team, you know, private team, running it yourself. But then you'll have Volkswagen guys come in and do it as a WRC2, but having factory Volkswagen guys working on the car, but they're not in WRC2 Pro. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. So you've got that. I don't know. It's good and it's bad. It doesn't really bother me. I think when everyone goes out in an R5, I don't think anyone in the R5 class isn't looking at pro and isn't looking at WRC2, I don't think. Like, maybe put myself in that scenario where I'm battling for the first R5. I'm not saying I'm going to be in this position, but I'm just using the scenario here. <laughs> but say you're battling out for an R5 win or you can win points for WRC2, WRC2 you're going to settle and you're going to take WRC2. Of course you are. But, yeah, I think this three weeks testing, well, the guys in WRC2... They're just going testing out there three weeks before anyway and getting the two, two to three days in there. And then all those who can't kind of afford to go and do that, we just do the official test. And them guys are still doing the official test as well. So mm. they're, trying to, they're trying to manage it. And I think it's good to try and do that. But sometimes I think it's actually making it a little bit worse. And I don't want to be controversial in that. I'm just, yeah, that's just my opinion. But either way, it's, it's good to be battling with the pro and with the WRC too. I don't think it's made a massive difference, mate, to be honest. Mm. In terms of your car, obviously you've got the the Fabio at the moment, and you've uh, moved over from the Fiesta a couple of years ago. Um, wh- where are the differences there, maybe between the Fabio and the Fiesta? And also, uh, the Fabio's getting an upgrade soon. Is there any kind of thoughts of doing that, maybe for next year, uh, changing the car to the more up to date spec? Yeah, I've. I forgot what the Fiesta feels like, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I have, honestly. But there's not a massive difference. There ain't a massive difference. Maybe the Fiesta's a little bit of stable higher speed and the, the Fabio's a bit easier to kind of turn in and, like, um, corner after corner, just kind of get that rhythm in and stuff. But they both sell the cars. You know, they're great cars, great products. And um, it's hard to compare now because I've been in the Skoda now two years. But, yeah. The uh, the new one's looking good. I've seen a few videos of it and stuff, and yeah, the, we're we're happy where we are at the minute. It'd be nice to get a, a get a new car for next year and to have a push on with a with a new car, and we'll just we'll just see. We'll see how the year goes and see what the uh, see what the budget's looking like near the end of the year. Um, I presume that you're going to be doing uh, GB in Spain if you can this year uh, again. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the plan, and it 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 opens itself up. You know, it, it's our our, our uh, programs works quite nicely, as such that we've been to Spain twice, we've been to GB mm-hmm. three times. Yeah. So yeah. the learning from this year, we will go to them events with a slightly different mindset, and we will go there and think, no, we'll have, you know, we'll pick a few stages and we'll say we'll have a push down there and see what see what we can do, and um, just with us already having that experience of them rallies, so it sets itself up nicely. We learn the WRC, we learn the WRC two we build on the the kind of the speed throughout the year and then them two two events there, GB and Spain in the same month, they'll be good to kind of go there and say, no, let's let's push on for 
for a decent result and let's not drive let's stop driving around thinking i need to get to the end obviously i still will think that. i don't want to crash the car but, <laughs> but at the same time it'd be nice to kind of go in go into them uh, events and and kind of push on for a, for a uh, for a decent result well i definitely for one uh, and i'm sure there are a lot of british fans around and rally fans in general we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season and no, hopefully thank you very much Hopefully you can get as high as possible in that WRC2 championship because it is quite open at the moment. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, basically just good luck for the rest of the year. And I suppose you, coming back to, to the start in six years, you've gone from starting rallying to being in the world championship. So who knows what the next six years might have. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't way. know. We'll see. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed. But I, uh, yeah, I appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Across the Stages podcast. We'll be back in just a few days' time to preview Rally Chili.